have to do a lot of unlearning and kind of rewiring how you interact with the world and with the people around you, celebrating your first birthday without alcohol, celebrating your first holiday season or going out to like dinner with your girlfriends. And so just being like, okay, everyone else is drinking and I am so much better off not. Welcome to the show that drops in on people's moments of clarity surrounding their choice to not drink. I'm Kate Madry, and I'm so happy you're here. Sobriety is like a thumbprint, and just like your skincare routine or your self-care routine, everyone's sober care routine is very different. By the end of each conversation, you'll leave with a little bit more insight to help guide you while building your sober care routine. This is a clear-headed podcast. This conversation is with Sarah, co-founder and CEO of Sip Steady, the alcohol-free marketing, PR, and events company. We talk about Sarah's story and also dive into the juicy business insight that she and her business partner, Kayla, have learned through their first year of being in SIP study. Let's jump into it. Well, I'll just kick off this chat with the same way that I try to kick off every chat is if you can kind of time travel back with me to the moment where you realized alcohol was no longer serving you, what was that moment or moments, uh, singular or plural, like? Yeah, gosh. So it's so funny to me. Maybe funny is not the right word, but I can remember (laughs) that moment where the light bulb finally switched on and my sobriety clicked into place. But that one moment had so much of a long drawn out backstory because there were unfortunately too many incidences of nights that I woke up like with shame, embarrassment, regret with like what happened while I was blacked out. And I knew for many years that alcohol should be removed from my life, but that true moment of clarity happened September 5th, 2021, when I woke up hungover after going to the Irish Fest here in KC and a little bit of like a quick backstory is I'm not originally from Kansas City. I grew up in the Washington DC area in Virginia and I've traveled around the country and around the world and lived in many places. And so finding myself in Kansas City at the start of the pandemic in 2020 was like never on my like life projection. Um, And so I was building a life and building community here in Kansas City And I share that because it was in that moment waking up hungover and I had started to meet some really incredible people and some amazing female friendships here. And I was just like, if this is, if I'm going to live the life that I truly desire and that, and do the things that are really burning within me that I know I'm capable of, like alcohol has got to go. And I didn't want it to be a a crutch or something that could jeopardize like all of like the goals that I had both personally and professionally and within my own relationships. So September 5th, 2021, I woke up and all of like the decade plus of just like similar experiences, waking up with a hangover fed into that moment where I was just like, I'm enough. Like I've had it. That's it. I'm enough. What a great statement because you are enough and maybe you've had enough, but you are enough. And what a great moment of clarity. What was the process like once you 
raised your standards for yourself? Did you have any hurdles that you had to kind of overcome adjusting a social life or an intimate life or just interpersonally like within yourself? Were there any hurdles for you after that moment? Oh, for sure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would love to say that it was like a night and day, like, you know, flick of a switch and then everything was just like navigating life as normal. But you have to do a lot of unlearning and kind of rewiring how you interact with the world and with the people around you. And I would say some of the hurdles were just, I mean, I, I'm very grateful that I had the most supportive partner in my husband and friends and family. And it was a lot of just like kind of like inner learning how to navigate with a little bit of like maybe awkwardness at first, like I always refer to like the first few months of my sobriety as being like baby sober, um, not sober <laughs> because you're pregnant, but just like baby sober and like that celebrating your first birthday without alcohol, celebrating your first holiday season or going out to like dinner with your girlfriends. And so just being like, okay, everyone else is drinking and I am so much better off not and just being very secure in that decision. Um, But again, those hurdles, I think for me, were all internally and reframing how I thought of social occasions and thought of like how we connect with our partner or with our friends without booze in the equation. Yeah, the I love that you said there is like a lot of unlearning to do because I think in like sober culture or the sober curious space, there's a lot of information and facts and it can be overwhelming to think about all the, you know, methods or tools that you have to learn. Mm. But I think equally as important is that unlearning process of you, you're not going to overwhelm yourself. Like if your brain was a shelf and all of these kind of habits or, I don't know, systems that we have in our head of like, you know, hard day at work, grab a drink. Mm need to loosen up, grab a cocktail. These are all these lessons that sit on our shelves in our mind. And when you decide to not drink anymore, yes, you're going to fill that shelf with a lot of other knowledge, like hard day at work, here's a meditation that I do, or need to loosen up, I'm going to like move my body, like all these other tools. But you get to clear a lot off your shelf as well of the unlearning process. Um, And I know it's like, it's so much easier said than done, right? Or like, don't you feel sitting back and now September 5th is like coming up here and you're going to have another year under your belt? Isn't it interesting to like reflect on how much easier it gets? Or do you feel like it has gotten easier? Like, is that part of your journey too? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I love how... um I've heard you state that it's it's such a gray area and that everyone's sobriety journey looks completely different and it's not black and white and kind of yeah framed how it used to be framed. And so I would say it's just become such a core part of my foundation. But in the same breath, I'm also very cautious to say like, I'll never not drink again because I've been there, done that, and it didn't work. So I just, Mm. I know that not drinking alcohol is like serving me in all of the most beautiful, positive ways possible. And I can't imagine ever going back and risking how far I've come. Um, 
but I'm always very intentional about maintaining like like you said like all of those positive like self-care routines and reinforcements so that that like little sneaky voice on your shoulder isn't like just just have one glass of wine um yeah because I feel like it's a continuing practice of just kind of like fortifying your sobriety and being Mm. so comfortable and confident in it that I think while navigating the world sober and um, having those very clear conversations with people, especially when you're with new people who might be drinking and just be like, oh no, I'm good. Like I don't drink. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we're very hyper aware of like how uncomfortable we might be making the other person. But now it's just Mm -hmm. like, I think I've grown light years in the amount of confidence I have um, refusing alcohol and being very open with my journey and just like my reasons why. So I guess to answer your question, yes, in many ways it's gotten easier, but I don't want to take it for granted that Mm. it's now my lifestyle because it's enriched my life so much that to kind of take it for granted even a little bit, I feel like could leave me vulnerable for backsliding and not that there's anything wrong with, you know, um, backsliding or what, you know, people say falling off the wagon or relapsing, but I just, you know, when you feel so good, it's, you just can't imagine any other way. Yes, totally. I, I really appreciate you acknowledging that, that gray area because it is so true. And I really, really love that you spoke about that you're conscious to not say, I'm not going to ever drink again, because I think that it's such a good point that that statement, what whether or not you want it to be true or not, saying that sometimes can put this like intense pressure or make you want to like, I don't know, curl up into a ball or, or say like, never mind, I don't have to apply that and like slingshot the other way. Mm-hmm. And a big part of sobriety is remaining in the present and being here and now and not focusing on the past and not jumping to the future. And so why feel the pressure to jump to the future when you have to label like what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life when it comes to alcohol? You can know that that's not your end goal, maybe in the day to day, but you know, taking it 10 minutes at a time or a day at a time or a month at a time is like just as valid. So I, I like that you make a conscious effort not to do that. Um, Speaking of integrating all of these tools and rituals and really developing a, a strong kind of sober care routine, what I like to call it for social events or at home or just anything in life. Um, What's that journey been of like developing those systems for you? Like I know you mentioned your spouse. Has your spouse played a role in you kind of like opening up that world? Has your friend groups? um, And we can also talk about your business partner too because I know Kayla has probably played a huge role in developing those systems and structures? It really does come back to the people that I've surrounded myself with and understanding that like not all friendships and relationships 
can or should survive like your transition into sobriety. Um, you know, 12 years ago, a decade ago, I definitely liked the crowd I was with and they're amazing people, but um, there were some, you know, in my, whether it's my college life or post-college that I chose those relationships and those romantic relationships because drinking was like a core part of like our dynamic, right? And so mm. for me, the biggest self-care um, property that has been integral to my alcohol-free lifestyle is just being intentional with the people that you spend time with. And my, I mean, my husband, you know, full transparency, we used to joke that like we would, I mean, we bonded and we spent a lot of time in our early in our relationship drinking. And mm. I would be lying to you if I said that by removing alcohol, I worried if we would be able to kind of like connect or like have fun or just kind of like enjoy the activities we like to do in the same way. And truthfully, it's just become so much richer and deeper. Um, and of course, you spare yourself like any silly little like drunken miscommunications <laughs> or like fights and things like that. Uh, another huge part of sober self-care has been mental health and knowing that maintaining your your healing um many people who have struggled with alcohol um, abuse disorder or addiction have uh, unresolved trauma um, or trauma in their childhoods or lives and that was certainly true for me so really making sure that i addressed the root of my drinking and the trauma and then maintaining those practices that support my mental health and of course as you know that's everything from nutrition and moving your body and getting those like yummy endorphins going so it's definitely a, a holistic approach for me i really love that and i so agree that there it, it's such an ingredient like it's not a one ingredient kind of mold when it comes to developing systems and structures and some things that might really work for you or help you at the beginning can can you know not really be that big of a deal a year plus you know but it just kind of fade, like readjusting your recipe and finding the ingredients and giving yourself the space and freedom to do that and to play and to like nurture yourself and I think that that kind of pivots me honestly into talking about the ways that you've decided to try to give those resources and tools through Sip Steady. And starting a business, I mean, I know because I'm sitting in it too, <laughs> in this industry that you're so tethered with can be such a, not can be, it is a such a unique experience. I mean, even if you were if even if we were sitting here like bodybuilders and then we went and started a bodybuilding business, like it's different because you're so in it. And I think that's what makes it juicy and that's what makes it good and that's what makes it honest and that's what makes it connected. So all to say, if you could time travel with me again and talk about your moment of clarity with starting SIP Study, what was that like? What was the process? And tell me all about it. Yeah, you can see that like my I instantly just go into like the biggest smile thinking and talking about SIP study. And 
Kayla, um, my amazing friend and co-founder, and I joke all the time, like never in a million years would we have ever imagined that <laughs> beverages would have been like what our lives revolve around, but here we are. So to go back in time, um, I went alcohol free in 2021 and again, navigating the world and being in a new city and seeing the explosion of all of these really innovative and exciting non-alcoholic brands all over social media, but not seeing that translate into real life on menus and bars are not triggering for me. So, you know, going out to bars or restaurants or hotels and wanting something other than like a soda water with lime or an iced tea, right? We've all been there. And um, I come from a nonprofit background where I've worked in communications, marketing, NPR um, for many years. And I always have had this kind of like big old mushy nonprofit heart where being a part of a cause that really is important to me has been at the forefront of like what drives me. And so I felt like I could really relate with what I imagined was the the struggle or the experience of many uh, of these founders uh, who have started non-alcoholic beverage brands, which is their their bandwidth is maxed out you know they're bootstrapping they may or may not usually have investor seed funding so um and many of them don't necessarily come from a marketing background so they've created this really exciting product but now it's like and now what like how do i get people to get my hands on it and so i kind of had that question running through my mind for a few months and the name sip study came to me and kayla is just an amazing entrepreneur in her own right. And she's done so much with the wellness space here in Kansas City. And so we actually had a masked her mind little session at her house where I know, isn't that the cutest? I'm like, I love it. I'm like, has that been trademarked? If not, we should know. Um, yeah, absolutely <laughs> trademark that. <laughs> so we were just kind of like, you know, popcorning ideas at her house. And I had always had I'm I'm such a believer in having these um deeply rooted intuitive seeds that are implanted within us. And for me, one of the most prominent in recent years was like, I, I feel like I could be an entrepreneur. I did not go to school for that. I never imagined myself in business or in marketing um, for that matter. But I just felt like I could do something kind of exciting with a business if there was like the right partner and co-founder and business partner to like compliment <laughs> where I know that I'm less strong, right? Or where I know that like, it's just not my area of expertise. And so having this conversation with Kayla, who was always so supportive, she's a mindful drinker, but she was always like right there with um, offering amazing non-alcoholic products at her parties and whenever we got together and we would always kind of geek out about trying new things. And so I was like, so what do you think of this like sip steady idea and like, it could look like X, Y, Z. And I was kind of floating the idea to her and she really resonated with it as well and was equally excited about it. So the day that I asked her, I felt like I was proposing and it was the best. <laughs> it was the and best. she yes. said yes. <laughs> yeah, she said yes. And it was so exciting. And so from there, it's just been like a rocket ship. So uh, Sipsteady is at its core a marketing, PR, and events company for exclusively non-alcoholic beverage brands. And so 
really helping be an extension of their team. We don't call them clients, we call them partners. And understanding that many of these brands don't have 10K budgets to support their marketing goals. Um, and some of them you know, don't have a marketing background or might feel overwhelmed. So understanding where they're coming from, we've really built our company around how to best serve these new or smaller brands to help them reach the next step because it's so easy for any new business to start spending money and like bleeding money in so many different directions that just don't get you tangible results and because we're so passionate about this movement and you know for for both of us it comes from a deeply personal place that we want to see them succeed and we want to see them grow so it really just came down to leveraging our combined skills and experience to help them grow on social media to get awesome placements where people can, you know, taste it for the first time and then, you know, be like, oh my gosh, I went to this event and it served this and I felt so seen. Um, because that's like the huge why behind Sip Steady mm. is to help non-drinkers, whether we say non-drinkers of every stripe. So whether you're taking the night off, the week off, um, or if you're just alcohol-free, sober, we want you to feel seen, supported, and valued no matter where you are. So by helping these brands grow and reach new people, um, we're doing our small part to do that. It's so important. I'm obsessed with you guys. Like, seriously. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, I love that you like listen to that seed in your gut because I believe it too. I think we all have a purpose and it can be a lifelong purpose or it can be a quarterly purpose. It could be a weekly purpose, but like staying connected to that purpose is so important. How, when did you guys start? Yeah. So actually yesterday was our one year birthday. So wow. uh, we're exactly one years old and it started off with like a very basic website and a few posts on social media. I think I put $30 behind one boosted post. And within the first two weeks, we had eight perspective calls lined up, which was like, oh my gosh, like people are listening. <laughs> yes. What has that? Okay. So in your first year, like what has that felt like? And I mean, I would imagine that kind of like the business in a non-owl space kind of overlaps with like the first year of not drinking too, especially in this like new industry, like getting to know tools and figuring out what works for you and what doesn't like, is it true? Do you feel like that aligns with business too? Like the kind of fumbling through it, so to say the first year, even though it's awesome and so great, you're like, what? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like more than you know, um, because <laughs> While Kayla and I have a lot of like self-taught and learned on the job um, marketing, PR and communications experience. And we have like, it could, we could not have like, our skill set could not have come together more perfectly. She's like our TikTok goddess. And I, you know, I know more about like the Facebook paid ads and things like that. Um, but neither one of us worked at an agency before. I have been with... Uh, companies who hired agencies. So I knew what worked and what were some pet peeves. And I wanted to rewrite the script for what a brand experienced and felt um, when they worked with a marketing agency. And so I share that because 
I mean, we, we are continually learning. We are continuing to refine mm-hmm. and really hone in our value offer. Because again, if we're not serving these smaller brands in ways that actually matter to them, then we're not doing our jobs. And so, and many of these brands are figuring out a lot about their own businesses. So we get to both work with them um, and be a part of their growth, learn from their growth as we're learning about how we can better grow our business so that it's a win-win-win all around. Uh, I think that's so good. And I really love the honesty because we are all growing, whether you have a product, whether you have a podcast, whether you have a, just a life, because we all do, you're, we're always growing. We're always, always, yeah. always, always doing it. And I think we burden ourselves and actually stunt ourselves when we think we've known it all and we know it all. There's, it's, it's calling the shelf that I, you know, said we all have uh, earlier in this episode. It's calling it full and not letting anything be added to it. So I, I love that. Um, what do you think the like trajectory of this industry is going to be like in like the next year? Do you even know? Do you think we can plan? And like, what are you doing or, or what can brands do to kind of stay with it or ahead of it all? Yeah. So part of our, like I, like I said, it is our whole life right now to keep our finger on the pulse of this industry um, and keep beverages like a part of like all of the research and like everything that we do. And so from the trends that we're seeing, and then also just looking to other industries. And um, I've made the comparison frequently with like the plant-based movement and veganism with how niche it used to be, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, and so bar, you know, restaurants that had a vegan menu or could um, make uh, menu items vegan were like super like in demand um, until it just became normalized. And so I definitely feel that with the explosion of growth and what we've also seen is the increased demand for greater inclusivity of non-alcoholic beverages across the board from hotels, resorts, concert venues, stadiums, um, anywhere where a person, basically anywhere where you could purchase a drink and an alcoholic drink, I think it's going to be the expectation that those businesses or establishments are also providing delicious, elevated non-alcoholic alternatives for those who are choosing not to drink. And so I think where we are seeing a lot of like non-alcoholic pop-up bars and bottle stores, I'm so grateful that those exist. And I think what we're already starting to see is the proliferation of these same products being available at Target, at Sprouts, Whole Foods, and greater, you know, box store distributors where they just understand that the demand is there. So they're going to keep pace. Yes, 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 yes. That's like... (laughs) I, I believe that too. I really do think and, – and the comparison to like vegan, vegetarian options, my girlfriend and partner, Sarah, <laughs> uh, different spelling though, um, also compares it to like the uh, dairy-free milk alternative world oh, totally. where at first it was like an eye roll and why do you need that? Just take the milk. And then slowly but surely – 
brands are developing and businesses are being inclusive. And now it's a question. It's not an eye roll. And even going further with like the milk alternative, now we're being really conscious about the alternatives that we do use. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so aligned with like that alcohol-free space, you know, where we have elevated options and standards and functional elements and vitamins and really useful additives. Um, and, I, and I just, ugh, I'm so happy you exist because it is so important for brands to have a place to go to for direction and encouragement and that finger on the pulse. Um, I I want to wrap uh, this conversation that I just feel like I could go on for hours. <laughs> like I just want to buy you a big old dinner and pick your brain, but I will set up a discovery call for that instead. Yeah, <laughs> um, let's stay connected for sure. Yes. Um, what is something right now that's in your sober care routine? Maybe it's a book or a podcast or a non-al beverage that you're loving. What is making your choice to not drink that much stronger and that's in your sober care routine? Ooh, love this question. Um, I think what comes to mind immediately is, I mean, we all still love a nice little like fun ritual, right? Whether that's a reward after a long week or something to enjoy on, you know, Sunday when you're just relaxing or after like a, a stressful day. Um, and so I'm also, I also don't drink coffee. So I'm like, no alcohol, no coffee, never Whoa. saw this coming. Um, but <laughs> my, what is part of my um, little so, uh, sober self-care ritual is very clean energy drinks. When I, if I'm going out with friends, it just kind of makes me feel like it gives me that little like pep and added boost. And I'm really loving True. They have a line of different drinks. Um, not all of them have energy in them, but I've been kind of obsessed with the workout one because it has all of these like good for you ingredients without the sugar, without um, so many of like the just like icky stuff that you'll find in even the cleanest energy drinks. So definitely live true. Um, and then Gia is something that I have like, will always drink at home. Um, and I drink it while I'm making dinner or, you know, I put on a little podcast and sit out on my porch. So those are two of my favorites right now. I love that. Do you do the Gia? Do you do the spritz in the can or the bottle? I love the cans. <laughs> oh, I know. I love the cans too. The bottle is so chic though. It they is. did just redo their bottles too. And they are very cool. Um, Anyways, I love this. <laughs> Again, I could talk to you forever about this, but I really appreciate your time. And I'm so happy that this industry is booming and that you're here to guide the boom. <laughs> hey, so we're, thank you for what you've created. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we're, we're here to be cheerleaders and to support brands um, in every way that we know possible. And so it's just been like a really fun, exciting journey that I will never take for granted. So thank you so much for all that you're doing as well and making sobriety look cool and fun because it yes, is. It is. It totally is. <laughs> 
For more guidance on building your sober care routine, head to clearheaded.co or follow us on Instagram at clearheaded.co. Ha <laughs> ha.